Hi guys, it's Caroline Stephen, financial journalist. My guest today on Talking Trading is Brian McAvoy from Inside Out Trading. Brian is a trader, trading coach, and business consultant. A lot of traders go into trading totally unprepared for the job, and they underestimate just how hard it can be. They go in backwards. They don't have a well-defined plan. Their system isn't in place, and they're not prepared for the psychological beating the markets can give. In today's interview, Brian and I discuss the importance of well-defined systems and being prepared for your job. We talk about the Peter Principle and how if you take care of the inside, your success on the outside in the markets tends to take care of itself. But first up in today's show on Talking Trading, let's hear from Miss Louise Bedford, who has a fascinating piece of research on passion versus purpose and the difference between the two. Let's hear her now in Mind Power. There's a piece of research that I'm pretty much obsessed with at the moment. It talks about the difference between purpose and passion. It was conducted by Morton Hansen. He surveyed 5,000 employees in his role at the University of California, Berkeley. Now, he looked to see the performance differences between different individuals. So because it's employees, we're talking about pay packet, it's pretty easy to measure performance in that respect. It's objective and it's pretty much set in stone. You can get that data. He found that people without purpose or passion are very low performers. In fact, they're in the bottom 10th percentile of earning. But he also found out that those with high passion and high purpose were outstanding performers, the 80th percentile. Look, I know that doesn't sound groundbreaking, so let's go deeper into this. It would make sense that people who don't have much purpose or much passion don't earn very well, and people with high purpose and high passion earn very well. So what about the combination of those factors? The surprise is that purpose is far more important than passion. If someone had low passion but high purpose, they saw a major jump in performance. In fact, they are in the 64th percentile. Now, think about why that is. If you know why you're a trader, if you know the reason you're trading, it means you're more likely to persist. You're more likely to push on. And in fact, you are more likely to have an outward-focused goal. You, with your high purpose, would be thinking about the role others have to play in your vision. You see, passion is quite individualistic. Often, we can have a passion that does not involve anybody else other than ourselves. It can even be quite narcissistic. And sure, I'm not putting down passion as a broad concept, but just think about your purpose in relation to your passion. I can tell you I haven't maintained my passion in terms of trading because it was just a flash-in-the-pan passion. It's because it ties in so closely to my purpose. 
to inspire others by leading by example. I think also that this concept about passion being individualistic is in a book that Chris Tate bought me for Christmas, actually, Dan and Chip Heath's latest book. It's called The Power of Moments. They say, and I'm going to quote now, passion can energize us, but it can also isolate us because my passion isn't yours. By contrast, purpose is something we can share. It can knit groups together. So develop your why. Even if you don't love every aspect of trading, if you have a firm purpose, you'll come out as a winner in the end. Hi, I'm Axel Kibart from TechCharts. I listen to Talking Trading. Brian McAvoy is a trader, trading coach and business consultant. He's also a retired mechanical and quality engineer. Having been a business and personal growth enthusiast for over two decades, Brian specializes in helping traders find their success through helping them develop personally to realize both their potential and their dreams. Brian also has the unique quality of looking like a young, and I emphasize young, Dustin Hoffman or a Robert Downey Jr., depending on the day and who you're talking to. Brian McAvoy, hello and welcome to Talking Trading. Hi, Caroline. Thanks for that <laughs> excellent intro there. That was good. <laughs> Do you prefer Robert Downey or Dustin Hoffman? Oh, Robert Downey. Are you kidding? He's, 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 he's a badass. Yeah, definitely. I'd rather be Iron Man any day. Are you kidding? Can we get to know you? Tell us how you got started trading and what your first year was like in the markets. First got started trading. I've been around for a while. I was, I've been around long enough to have gotten stuck in by Ken Roberts. I don't know if you've heard of him or not. And actually, I had to go look it up because I'd forgotten the name of it. But he actually sold this book via a direct mail like in the old pre-internet days. He had this uh, really excellent direct mail campaign that went like through the postal mail. Um, fan, wildly fantastic uh, program, though, and he sold this book called The World's Most Powerful Money Manual. And it was this neat story about how, you know, he had run across, run into this guy in some little out of the out of the way bar or dive or whatever, and the guy's telling him the secret of making all this money and this kind of stuff. And, and it, it just it sucks you in. And then he talks about futures trading. And, and, you know, how that's like the big secret to making all this wealth and all this kind of stuff. And, and it, I mean, and it was a fantastically success, or wonderfully successful campaign. It ran for years, I think like a couple of decades before he finally retired it. So for a lot of guys my age, that was how we got our start in trade. First year of active trading was, it was terrible because I started off on this huge winning streak. Uh, I, I opened my account with 30 grand, ran it up to almost 50 grand pretty quickly. And... And it was so stressful. I mean, even when I was making money, it just, I didn't know what I was doing. I had no clue what I was doing. And I remember like the first time I had a trade where I'm making $10,000 and it's like, I, I felt like I was having a heart attack. And of course, like most other people, it didn't take all that long. And then I started sabotaging myself and ran my account clear down to 1700 bucks. And then it was time to take a break and get sober and get it figured out. And so fortunately, I went through that cycle fairly quickly and I, it didn't cost me my marriage at the time. Close, but not quite. So <laughs> and nor did it cost me my life. And I've had some guys call me and their story is so bad. It's like 
Dude, when you tell your wife what's been going on, you better make sure there are like no guns and no knives, and you're in a place where there are no weapons around because she is probably going to want to kill you. <laughs> so what happened? And I mean, yeah, this one guy, he called me up. He he had lost their entire life savings, their investment accounts, their house, his inheritance. I mean, he had cleaned everything out. It was like over half a million dollars that he'd wiped out, and he hadn't told his wife about any of it. And he's like, God, you know, if I just had a couple thousand dollars, I can trade my way out of this money. Like, dude, you better get off the phone with me. Forget trading. You better get off the phone with me, and you better go talk to your wife. You, you get off the phone right now because you just you you better wake up or you're going to be dead. <laughs> <laughs> so, how did you get back from seventeen hundred dollars? Well, um, obviously, I had to refund my account, and I, I took a break for a few months just to to get settled down. I mean. Like most people, trading, well, a few things I've learned over the years. Uh, most people that get into trading are above average, intelligence-wise, success-wise, money-wise, and, and, you know, work ethic. In, in most regards, traders are above average. Otherwise, they wouldn't be in a position to trade. Uh, I mean, this is, trading is not something where your average Joe is going to show up and trade. I mean, you know, yeah, of course, you know. With a five hundred dollar forex account, maybe, but not like a real serious trader with one that like you know where you need a twenty five thousand dollar account minimum to start with. So, anyway, the problem though that's kind of a curse is because trading for somebody who's totally unfamiliar with it, but you're you know above average intelligence wise, you look at it, it's like oh okay I get it easy enough, and it's so easy to underestimate, and that's where most traders wind up really getting hurt is. They might be tremendously successful outside of trading, but <clears throat> so they wind up underestimating what it takes. And because of that, they take a huge beating, never understanding why they can't win because they're still underestimating it. They think, well, this is so simple. I should be able to do this. And they don't realize, no, there are certain skills that you do need to have or, it, yeah, it's, you're just gambling. So how did you, Dustin, pick up from $1,700 to $1,700? Honestly, what I did was I, I just kind of stepped back. I reevaluated how I was looking at it, and it's like, well, I've started other businesses before, and I didn't, I didn't pursue, I didn't initially look at this as an. And when I, when I when I did it, when I finally stepped back and I said, all right, well, looking at this as a business venture and a long-term activity, okay. And then I started through the, the whole thought process that I had for my other for my other businesses. And put together a regular business plan, and that by itself is huge. Just thinking the matter through to the point that you can put together a financial forecast that's reasonable, that whole exercise by itself forces you to figure out a lot of the other things that everybody else just doesn't even think to consider. I like that financial forecast. So intentional consistency. How does consistency come into play psychologically for traders? Psychologically, it's it's huge. Um, I mean, one of the big things, and it's funny because when I first got into helping traders, a lot of people were coming to me looking for help with the psychology of trading. Um, and what I found was that, you know, and, and this is true, most traders, you know, the, the story is, you know, people you get into trading, they have a hard time fighting with their emotions. And so that, you know, they're making all sorts of mistakes and they're taking a beating and everything. But when they can get settled down and get their what they're doing consistent, not always you know place not not always taking the exact same action on every trade, but their process is consistent. It takes all that unknown out of there, like I was talking about when you, you know when you don't know 
if you don't have your process dialed in, if you haven't, you know, properly defined and documented what you're doing, it's not well organized, you haven't tested it and see it and measured it and all that kind of stuff, you're dealing with a whole lot of unknowns. And so whenever you're dealing with the unknowns, you got anxiety, you got doubt, you have fear that are constantly messing with you. So from a psychological standpoint, if what you what you have going is is not really solid from a consistency standpoint, you're constantly fighting the uncertainties not just of the markets, but everything else in your trading. From a psychological standpoint, that's massive because you can never shake the emotions that cause all the problems. But when you do get it dialed in and you know what to expect, you basically don't have any surprises anymore. There's no anxiety. There's no fear of the unknown that's constantly messing with you and the doubt is gone. Psychologically, yeah, that's that's everything because now you can just settle down and trade and, and use, you know, the right part of your, the correct part of your brain to make good decisions instead of constantly having to fight with your emotions. So psychologically, it's massive. I'm getting a lot of business coaching coming through, a lot of NLP. Have you done a lot of work like that? Um, the psychological work, yeah, psychology has always been an interest of mine. And, yeah, I went through all the Tony Robbins NLP-type coaching and training. And I, I, when I was in the corporate, uh, my corporate job, I, I did the emotional intelligence for managers in the workplace. Uh, that's kind of how I wound up doing what I'm doing. The funny thing I, that, that I find about it, though, and, again, going back to how most traders are, are above average, um, what I find is that most people that come to me for help they think they have psychological issues. You know, they're sitting there saying, you know, God, Brian, I just, you know, I can't do what I, I, I'm supposed to do. You know, I keep making all these stupid mistakes and I'm sabotaging myself. And, you know, what I need to fix is me. And, I'll, you know, I'll talk with them and it's like, no, as a person, there's nothing wrong with you. It's not like, you know, you've got inherent discipline issues or, you know, you got money relationship issues. Otherwise, you never would have been able to, you know, have the $50,000 to open your account with. You don't have a bunch of mommy daddy issues. You don't have a bunch of psychological issues. You're, you're not properly prepared for this job. That's why you're having such a hard time. You don't know what you're doing. Okay, so, and it's funny because I remember uh, years ago, you ever heard of the book, The Peter Principle? No. Excellent book. It was written back in the late 60s or sometime back in the 60s. Um, <clears throat> the guy was commissioned to look at the U.S. businesses because it was noticed that in like the whole industry of, of or all all industries in the U.S., there were just tons of bad decisions being made in management. I mean, just tons. It was like more than half of like all managerial decisions were were wrong and had to go back and be corrected. And so this guy uh, uh, Lawrence Peter was commissioned to go find out what's going on. Why why is why are there so why is there so much bad performance going on? And what he found eventually wound up being the Peter Prince. In any organizational hierarchy, a person will rise to their level of incompetence and then remain there. And basically, and what that means is the way the companies were promoting people is they'd hire this guy, Joe, and, oh, he's doing a great job, so let's promote him. And, oh, he's still doing a great job, so let's promote him. And they would keep promoting him until he kind of hit his limit. Where, you know, they promote him one more time, and it's like, wow, you know, he's not doing so great now. He's just kind of getting by or, you know, he's struggling. And so he would stay there. That's what the Peter Principle was. And the problem was in their promotion method, because they would they assumed that okay the guy's successful we'll just keep moving him you know around and he'll be he'll continue to be successful. And what they didn't look at was, is this new position that we're looking to put him in does he have the skill set for this position versus what he's already had in the past? 
And where he would run into trouble was, even though he brought a lot of personal assets, you know, work ethic, resourcefulness, initiative, all that kind of stuff, if he lacked the skills for the new job, he would struggle, especially if he was just left to figure it out on his own. But if they would perform an assessment before they promoted him on, you know, does he have the skill set for the new job? And if he doesn't train him first, before you throw him in there, make sure he has the skills, the guy would continue to excel. The reason I bring all this up is most people that decide to jump into trading have never traded before. And so they may have been, had all sorts of success in whatever their previous endeavors were, and all of a sudden they kind of promote themselves into, hey, I want to be a trader. And they don't bring the skill sets that they need to be successful here. And then they wonder why they struggle. Or to put it in, to put it in, a, in a, another, a, a shorter perspective, um, and I don't know, I, I coined this, and I, hopefully it'll be like a, a famous quote someday, but like I said, what I've learned is, you know, if you take a person of reasonable intelligence and you throw them into a job, for a challenging job for which they're not properly prepared, it will be stressful, it probably poor results, and it will be almost impossible for it not to be an emotional experience. But if you take that same person and you train them properly so that they have the full skill set for the job, they're not going to have psychological issues. They'll just go do their thing. And trading is the perfect example of that. If you take, and, and the turtle traders, the story of the turtle traders is the perfect example of that. They took people of a whole variety of backgrounds and put them into a very short training. It was only a few weeks. And almost all of them wound up being very successful traders because they were given proper training. So it didn't matter, you know, it's not like they were all Ivy League graduates or whatever. They took people of all kinds of backgrounds and they gave them proper training for the job and they were able to do okay. And what I've found when people come to me, like I said, they, they'll come to me looking for psychological help. And I'd say, no, you don't have psychological issues here. Here's the skill sets that you're missing. And that's where I teach them the business and the quality principles and practices that have gotten outside of trading. But they work so perfectly for traders. It's okay. How do you, how do I get my business organized? How do I, you know, from a, a long-term asset organization, how do I get all that put together and plan it out? And then from my system standpoint, you know, how do I get my process well-defined and, and, and solid and it's a good process and I can test it and, and I know that it works and I develop the, the, the confidence with it. When, when traders learn these two things, that's 90% of it right there. And, and so long as they'll grab those skill sets, they'll probably be okay. And they usually are. Brian, how can people find out more about you? Well, uh, back in February of 2006, I created the site InsideOutTrading.com. And if uh, anybody wants to swing by there, they can see uh, a little bit about, um, you know, a little bit about me. I've got a blog. That I mean, that's the site where I've been working from. And the reason I chose the name Inside Out Trading is because really, just like most any other endeavors, your, your success on the outside is going to come from the inside. When you take care of the skills and being who you need to be, the success will follow. If you're just constantly looking outside of yourself for, you know, the solution, you know, buying systems or signal services and, you know, shiny objects, no, you're just going to keep chasing stuff. But as soon as, as soon as a person says, no, I need to become the, the kind of trader that will be successful, and they focus on developing themselves and their skill sets and their abilities and their understandings, 
that's when they're that's when the success will come so um yeah and if anybody wants to come by uh the site i've got a, a really excellent uh, report that you can have for free it's called i, I title it the, the secrets of trading legend uh and you can just go to insideouttrading.com forward slash talk so to talk to iron man go to insideouttrading.com brian thank you so much for your time coming onto the show and guys, stay tuned for next week's episode of Talking Trading as we hear from Adrian Reed from Enlightened Stock Trading on how to build confidence in your trading plan. And that's it for this week's episode of Talking Trading. As always, if you like this show, please be sure to tell a friend. This is super important because word of mouth is the most powerful way that people can get in touch with us. You can also subscribe on Apple Podcast and make sure you give us a big fat five-star review because it helps people find us. You'll also notice that Talking Trading doesn't use sponsors and barely advertisers. This is because Chris Tate and Louise Bedford fund this show from tradinggame.com.au. So to keep on funding it, we need to get the word out. If you'd like to get Louise's five-part free e-course, register at tradinggame.com.au. So until next week, happy trading. The views represented on Talking Trading are general in nature and do not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Before acting on any of the information, consider its appropriateness in regards to your own situation. Want to know the hottest sectors in the Aussie market? Now's your chance. Download my free Hot or Not special report from tradinggame.com.au slash hot or not. That website again tradinggame.com.au slash hot or not.